spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 67, the heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. And 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the latest Sasquatch website market outlook says weather is keeping markets volatile and outlines the latest issues with Ukraine trying to sell its wheat. We have the latest weekly outlook on cattle markets from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Ottawa announces a new round of supporting farm clean technology. We have the latest crop report from Manitoba, where seeding is moving very slowly due to a lot of rain. The Ministry of Agriculture has some tips on improving pastures. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest Saskweek market outlook says technical selling and rain over northern France pressured prices lower late last week. The outlook is prepared by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting for the Saskweet website. She says weather continues to keep markets volatile. In terms of cash markets last week, we heard of no significant wheat trades last week and there are few tenders announced for the coming week. Jordan returns today for 120,000 tons of wheat for August through September. Bangladesh just got one offer at yesterday's tender at a reported $548.40. At the last tender in April, they paid close to $150 per ton less. This seems to reflect the disappearance of Indian wheat from the world export market. Weekly U.S. wheat export sales of 8,500 tons for 21-22 were at a marketing year, low, a marketing year low. The Baltic Dry Index, an assessment of the average cost to ship raw materials such as grain and iron ore, increased by 6% on the week to end at 3,300, uh, its highest level this year. A comment on the demand side. According to USDA, global wheat consumption for 22-23 is projected at 788 million tons, down 3 million tons from this ongoing year. This is due to reductions in feed and residual use, which are only partially offset by higher food, seed and industrial use. High global food food price inflation is expected to impact consumers' ability to purchase wheat and wheat products in developing markets and and may lead consumers towards alternative food grains. 
There are some graphs on this in the written report if you want to have a look. To continue, here's some of last week's major news by market. Starting in Canada, Saskatchewan seeding progress for wheat at only 26% as of May 16th, compared to 67% on, on a five-year average. Alberta seeding progress at 59% compared to a general five-year average of 55% is much better. But here, dryness in southern and central Alberta are clearly suboptimal. USDA reported 39% of U.S. spring wheat as planted as of May 15th, compared to the five-year average of 67%. Borsch says the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to disrupt world wheat markets. Regarding the Black Sea, the United Nations tried negotiating export corridors for Ukrainian wheat, but Russia refused any talk of food corridors unless all sanctions were stopped. Russia wants to keep the Crimea, capture the Donbass region and control Black Sea ports, but the Ukraine says they will never agree to ceding any of their territory. This kind of standoff could mean the war may go on for a long time. If the war continues, Ukrainian crops will mostly be lost to the world trade, with some exception to the EU, for the duration of the war. Global production will also suffer from the lack of or excessively expensive supplies of fertilizer, potentially further adding to global food shortages. Putin originally tried holding the West uh, hostage with oil and gas, he now seems to be weaponizing food. To summarize what we consider the most significant events during the past week. Well, the UN tried opening up export corridors for Ukrainian wheat exports, but Russia refused to talk about the corridors without the removal of all sanctions. Russia wants to re retain the Crimea and the Donbass, but Ukraine says they will not agree to ceding ter territory. This could mean the war could go on for a lengthy time. Cash markets in both the EU and the Black Sea remain obscure because of that, but since importers have little cover beyond June, we think they will have to come back into the market in the near future. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The federal government has announced a new round under its Agricultural Clean Technology Program. One of the projects is with a BC company called Terramera. It's working on a way to provide more consistent and precise measurement of soil carbon. Travis Good is Terramera's Chief Technology Officer. Our technology to measure key soil health indicators is undergoing development and testing right now and will use proximal sensing fused with other data uh, to measure soil health, including soil carbon, both the mineral-associated organic matter and particulate organic matter, meaning both more permanent sources of carbon and sources that change more over time. Good says measurements will also include nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. However, unlike traditional soil testing, we will be able to provide and use our novel sensor to give this measurement in real time and in field. 
without costing farmers more than they pay now. The announcement was made yesterday at Terramara facility in Vancouver. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices had some upward movement during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiled the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Feeder steer prices were up over the week from the previous week, but there were only two weight categories we were able to compare week over week. So the largest price increase was in the four to five hundred pound weight category, which increased two dollars per hundred weight to average two forty two for the week. Average weekly prices for the heifers ranged from two hundred six forty two per hundred weight for the four to five hundred pound category to one hundred sixty nine thirty three per hundred weight for the eight hundred pound category. There was a drop of one hundred twenty three per hundred weight in the seven to eight hundred pound weight category, which was the only category that was reported over the previous two weeks. Overall, heifers were mixed from where most weight categories were last reported two weeks ago, but up considerably over the last year. And what were the factors behind these price changes? Well, normally with the dollar being up slightly last week and marketings are up, higher feed grade prices, we would expect the markets to be down. But we're seeing, I guess, a seasonal decline in inventory and that with tighter supply outlook are both factors and the beef demand is also strong. What were marketings? Canfax reported a total of 8,634 head sold in Saskatchewan last week, which was up from 4,457 the previous week and above 6,221 the same week last year. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Prices of live non-fed cattle in Alberta for the week ending May 20th were down compared to the previous week, May 13th. The price of D2 slaughter cows was down 355 per hundred weight from the previous week to average 103.14. The price of D3 slaughter cows seen a similar price drop of 258 per hundred weight to average 90.92 per hundred weight. Despite these prices being down last week, they do remain strong. So we're seeing between the high feed prices and dry conditions in many areas, producers are more readily selling these cattle. Fonda Froats compiled the latest weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, well, we had some big news out of Health Canada this week. And here to break down what it all means for farmers across the country is Pierre Patel. He's President and CEO of CropLife Canada. Pierre, break down what, because the press release, i got to be honest, was a little bit, I was confused on what the actual outcome is here. What, what did Health Canada decide this week? Yeah, so they, they finally released a, a long-awaited policy clarification on, on plant breeding innovation. So basically gene editing, but also affects all, all types of plant breeding in Canada. And it provided clarity about what's in and what's out, uh, what needs a full review versus what doesn't. Uh, it added some, it clarified some criteria that, that the, the, the department would use when determining how much of an assessment would be required. So, so it's great news in the sense that 
there was a lot of ambiguity and, and plant breeders never knew what was going to trigger a full safety review. And sometimes innovations uh, were put on a shelf because they didn't want to risk triggering that and all the data requirements and plan that that took. So it's a great development. Now, does this bring Canada in line with where other countries were or does this put us ahead from a regulatory standpoint? Where do we sit compared to the rest of the world? Yeah, so when we started this process, we would have been ahead by by, by a wide margin. Um, but because it's taken so many years to actually get them to to get to this point, um, many countries have kind of gotten ahead of us. So, you know, the U.S., uh, Australia, and a number of other countries, South American countries, have uh, have clarified already the uh, gene editing or plant breeding requirements. And so this is a little bit of a catch-up. But um, for Canada, our, our poli- this policy from Health Canada is about as clear and uh, predictable and science-based as we've seen anywhere in the world. So we're, we're very pleased. So, Pierre, can you give us an example, some context of, like, what what, what exactly can happen now? Like, what, what, Because there, you said there's stuff in, there's stuff out. What, what does that mean? Well, it provides clarity for whether you're a, a university researcher or a, a plant breeder for, you know, a multinational or a small company. It provides clarity. So when you're, if you're using a gene editing technique, now, if you know that, um, that you're not creating a novel uh, trait of something that already exists, but you're using a gene editing technology, now you've got predictability on your pathway to commercialization. You, don't, you, you, you know whether or not you're going to trigger a full safety review and you know, the multi, multi-year process that that entails or not. And so before, like I said, what, what the problem was is that there was too much ambiguity and people didn't know if it was going to trigger a full GMO review or whether it was going to be treated more like a traditional plant breeding, um, excuse me, product. And so you, uh, you know, we did a survey of, of plant breeders and we had, uh, you know, 30 or 40% of them saying that they had shelved an innovation because they, uh, they thought it might trigger a, a full review. Oh, okay. So the, th- this also could have a, a factor in, in also increasing or at least stabilizing investment into plant breeding as well. Absolutely. And, and whether, like I said, whether it's small, uh, you know, public or private breeders or multi, you know, large companies, um, now we've got predictability. We can, you know, really push Canada as a place to invest and to bring those technologies for, for Canadian farmers. And what it means for farmers is potentially many, many more choices coming down the road and innovative products, niche products uh, for, for a variety of different crops. So it's, uh, it is really good news. Yeah, I was just going to ask about which crop types. Is this across the whole spectrum from pulses to corn or is it more in the area of uh, corn, soybeans and canola? Uh, it, honestly, it's, it's everything, and, and the way plant breeding is going, um, you know, gene editing is, is becoming is going to become much more the standard um, because of its predictability and precision. And so, um, you know, all the all the grains and oil seeds, potentially pulse crops, uh, fruit and vegetables too. Uh, there's, there's a lot of research going on in those areas to uh, in the fruit in the horticulture sector as well. You know, it brings great precision. So instead of trying to do multiple crosses over multiple generations, you can pinpoint exactly what trait you're looking for and, 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 and do that and, and get the outcome you want in a, in a very short manner. And if you're not changing the basic physiology of the plant, uh, you're not triggering a novelty, what we call a novelty uh, determination. If it's something you could have achieved through traditional plant breeding, then your data requirements will be very minimal and, and the review uh, will be very, you know, you won't need a full, full review by, uh, by Health Canada. 
This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Increasing cloudiness today, 30% chance of showers late this afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind southwest 30 gusting to 50 and the high today 24 degrees, the low 8. For Thursday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, the high 26, tomorrow the low 12. Friday, cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 22, the low 11. Saturday, sunny with a high 22, 60% chance of showers, the low 10. Sunday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 14, the low 7. Monday, partly cloudy with a high 16, the low 5. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high near 16. Normal high for this date, 21, the normal low is 6. The sun rose at 4.59 this morning. It sets at 8.52 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Nipawin. 25 degrees. The cold spot even further north, Key Lake at 6 degrees. Estevan is 20. Saskatoon, 23. Swift Current, 20. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 22. Regina, cloudy and 23. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 24, gusting to 37. Humidity is 26%. The barometric pressure dropping 100.9. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 23. Winds are from the south, southwest, 18, gusting to 35. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 23, that's 73 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Heavy rain have again slowed seeding efforts in western Manitoba, according to this week's crop report. Manitoba seeding progress sits at about 10% complete, behind the five-year average of 77% for this date. Manitoba Agriculture Farm Production Advisor Amir Farouk has an update on seeding. So in the southwest region, we had last week, three, four days was very like rainy days, and we got uh, one to two inch of rain in different areas of the southwest region. Uh, most of uh, that rain was close to uh, 45 highway uh, like in Oakburn and Shoal Lake area close to 55 to 60 millimeter of rain so uh, there was still wet condition in uh, uh, most of the areas but then on the weekend and Friday, Saturday, Sunday and this was a long weekend and we got some good weather conditions and uh, farmers started to go out and uh, uh, there is some seeding happening right now 
and i would say we are still uh, close to 10% done in our area farooq outlines the types of crops being seeded uh, like uh, uh, farmers are just seeding uh, whatever is uh, suitable in that field like peas and cereals are the major thing and uh, not much canola yet so uh, mostly they are uh, seeding uh, peas and cereal at this point Farooq expects a lot of seeding activity over the next few days with the possibility of more rain coming to western Manitoba by the weekend. Oh, definite, definite. So most of farmers are trying their best to as much as they can finish the seeding. So definite. They are doing with full strength. Farooq says pastures are improving. They are greening up and a little bit cold weather during the nights, but I think uh, daytime weather is getting very nice and uh, uh, all the pastures are uh, start to green up and uh, it's coming out nice and same thing our uh, uh, winter cereals they are also coming out nice and uh, hopefully those winter wheat and fall rye will do better as well Farooq adds most dugouts in Manitoba have adequate water dugouts are filled and uh, right now at this point we have adequate uh, supply of water so there is uh, no shortage in any area of southwest region Farooq outlined seeding progress in northwest Manitoba uh, they got uh, like uh, very much lot of rains in Dipa uh, and Swan River in that area in last week as well so i think they are pretty wet as well but uh, they uh, things are starting to coming in the better side hopefully with these dry days so hopefully these these days will help those areas as well farooq says farmers need several weeks of warm dry weather to wrap up seeding in manitoba you're tuned to Saskatchewan agriculture today on the source 620 ckrm this segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The agri-environmental specialist in Kindersley has some tips for farmers on improving pasture productivity. Chelsea Siemens is with the Ministry of Agriculture in West Central Saskatchewan. One factor outside our control is moisture. During dry conditions, it might seem like there's nothing we can do to manage or influence pasture condition. However, decisions made during tough conditions will continue to impact pasture in the following years. What can we do to preserve pastures and improve their chance at recovery? We can't change what we don't measure. Start with an inventory of pasture and forage acres and the expected production. What is the forage demand of the livestock? Consider the number and type of livestock and the length of the grazing season then calculate the shortfall between livestock demand and forage availability. Next, consider how the shortfall will be addressed. We can increase forage supply by renting additional grazing or purchasing supplemental feed, decrease demand by culling or retaining fewer replacements, or shorten the grazing season by beginning to feed earlier in the fall. Rest is the best rejuvenation for overgrazed pasture. Even during dry conditions, decreasing the frequency of grazing in a particular area will improve the forage's ability to survive. Removing livestock from an area following grazing, rather than allowing continuous access, will allow for some rest and recovery, which will benefit the forage in the long term. Try to mitigate the impact of activities necessary to get through dry years. 
If providing supplemental feed on pasture, confine these activities to a small area to decrease the overall impact. Don't use native pasture or riparian areas as supplemental feeding sites. In a year with very little carryover and few other options for feed, the small steps we can take to preserve pasture health are important for future productivity and the condition of our forage resources. For more information on pasture management, contact your local regional services office or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. Chelsea Siemens is the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber and Sass Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 970 at 1102.62. Number one red spring wheat went down 1254 at 53401. The rest were unchanged. Durham 587.90. Feed barley 387.54. Flax twelve twelve seventy three, lentils nine twenty two fifty, oats four fifty one fifty three, yellow peas six seventeen thirty three, feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat fell thirty four cents at twelve dollars forty four and a quarter cents. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of May 24th. Our last regular sale was on May 11th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.97 cents to $1.12. D3 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.96. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.65. Cents. Hefferet sold from $1.30 to $1.50, and Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.38 with the odd sale up to $1.44. We had a few heifers at this sale. 600 to 650 pound heifers averaged $1.90 and sold up to $1.94. 650 to 700 pound heifers averaged $1.89 and sold up to $1.92. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.79 and sold up to $1.83. 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.77 and sold up to $1.80. We had a handful of steers at that sale. They weighed between 7 and 800 pounds and they sold for $2.12. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 11,000 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of $230 to $245 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,000 head, selling in a range of $233 to $248 per CKG. Hams are one sows this week are down sharply, selling in the range of $54 to $61 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up two basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2826. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.89 US. Daily US cash prices are higher, with the Western Corn Belt up 16 cents, while the national based formulas advanced $1.27 US 100 weight relative to the previous day. The weekly trend is also upward for the marketing week. Cumulatively, the Western Corn Belt is up $3.98, National is $2.19 higher, and the National Cutout Adjusted Base is $2.26 higher compared to the week ago base. After trading in a choppy and two-sided pattern for weeks, the net value of the cutter is seeing some gains this week and is so far up $4.08 US 100 rate, or the fifth highest week-over-week 
increase in 2022. Lean hog futures have settled into a sideways pattern over the last three sessions, including today on relatively late news and a steady trade. Last week, the market bounced from the lows and made a notable advance on Friday, but the momentum has cooled somewhat, albeit with a slight bias to the upside. The higher levels seen earlier seem to be a bit out of reach, however, and ideas that the summer prices would reach 2021 levels does not seem realistic, at least for the June time frame. Regardless, prices are still comparatively high with both cash computers at their third highest values for the marketing week on record. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco land rollers and tillage equipment. Fertilizer production at the Bethune Potash Mine is projected to double over the next couple decades. K Plus S Group has released a global strategy for the relatively new Bethune Mine northwest of Regina. The final production capacity is intended to grow continuously over the next couple decades and is currently targeted toward 4 million metric tons per year, effectively doubling the current production output. The company is undertaking a feasibility study, mapping out the future milestones of growth and timelines for supporting projects. Chief Operating Officer Holger Riemensberger says optimizing business at the Bethune Mine enhances the strong position of the company as an internationally oriented producer of minerals critical to agriculture and other industries. He adds the Bethune Mine is looking at safely and sustainably growing profitability while also reducing environmental impact and building a more inclusive workforce. He says the company is looking at hiring more than 100 additional employees in areas like engineering, IT, operations, trade and supporting roles. The company employs over 400 people at the Bethune Mine and Saskatoon and Port Moody, B.C. offices. On the markets, the TSX is up 32 points to 20,318. The Dow has fallen 84 points to 31,844. Oil has risen 9 cents at 109.86 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 15 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.84 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.